Hello, my lovely friends. Welcome back to the Makeup Artist Chronicle. I am Julia, still Julia, here hanging out with you. Welcome back. I have a very fun episode today. I have a founder, brand founder, that is doing really incredible things in the acne space, in the natural botanical acne treatment space. It's an amazing conversation. We get really vulnerable. Before we jump into that, quick question. I'm going to take a little poll. And if you didn't know, if you listen to this episode on Spotify, Spotify, there are little polls that you can take, like little questions you can answer, polls that you can take with this episode. And I always have like a little question or a little poll. So please go ahead and contribute to that. Or if you follow me on Instagram, I'll do a poll on Instagram as well. Ultimately, what I'm thinking, what I'm sensing lately from the universe is Friday is a bit of a cluster fluff day. I feel like the past few Fridays, things have just been coming at me last minute, like stuff that should have been finished earlier in the week was coming at me. People were reaching out to me, hey, I didn't have a chance to do this. Hey, I'm running late on this. Because, you know, in addition to this podcast, there is a podcast network that's in the process of being rolled out. There's another show that I host. There are a few other shows that are in pre-production right now to go on the network. So I have a lot going on. And when people are like, oh, yeah, I didn't have a chance to do that. I'm like, why don't you tell me? Anyway, that's like a little bit of a of a personal pet peeve. But regardless of that, it's just been happening from a lot of people. And Friday, I'm like, okay, we're not going to get this episode out in time. Like, usually we have it edited and ready to go on Thursday. We queue it up for Friday. Sorry to break the fourth wall. But Fridays are getting more and more troublesome. Also, the world is reopening. And I feel like all of you have beautiful, full, rich lives. Maybe you're starting to go out over the weekend. Maybe you don't want to listen to this podcast. I don't know. You let me know. I am thinking of maybe moving this podcast to Tuesdays. I don't know if you enjoy that. I don't know if you'll keep tuning in. But that's kind of what the universe has been telling me lately is like, please move this to earlier in the week. So I think I want to move it to Tuesdays. I'm going to do a poll. So if you could sound off, would you prefer to have this on Tuesdays earlier in the week? That way you just have more time to chill and listen to it. Also, if you have thoughts on topics that you want to hear, on questions that you want answered, on people that you want me to talk to and have featured here as guests, please send those my way as well. You can DM them to me at MUA Chronicle. Or uh, you can call me, call my hotline, 877-THE-MUAC. And I can't wait to hear from you. But yeah, please vote in that poll. Please let me know what you want to hear. I am so excited about today's conversation. I'm so happy to have a guest back on the show with me. Daisy Jang has struggled with acne from the time that she was a tween. And it's always been very painful for her and very embarrassing for her. So when she launched her YouTube channel to talk all about her journey with acne and all of the things that she was using to try and get healthier skin, get skin that was less painful and less embarrassing for herself, especially in a world of, you know, all of these perfectly photoshopped faces, she kept running into roadblocks. So naturally, she was like, I'm going to make my own product. She started making this product for herself, using it on herself, featuring it on her YouTube channel. And people were like, I want this as well. And from that, her brand Banish was born. It is an incredible product lineup, very natural, beautiful ingredients that are found in things like hot springs from abroad. I really hope that you enjoy this conversation. We talked a lot about vulnerability, about what it's like to have acne in the world of perfect skin, and what it's like to seek perfection in a world that 
isn't perfect and from people who aren't perfect. You know, we're not perfect, but this whole myth of pursuing perfection and looking perfect and being perfect is so contagious. So we touch on that a little bit. I really hope you enjoy this conversation and I will join you back here after the conversation is over for a little goodbye chat, a little few nuggets of last minute wisdom. So please go ahead and enjoy this conversation and I will talk to you very soon. Da, 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 da. Daisy, I am so excited that you're here. You and I were chatting a little bit before we got started about um, your TED Talk, which I definitely want to circle back to in this conversation because you mentioned so many important things of this. Actually, I have a quote that I'm obsessed with. The greatest struggle of our generation is the never-ending struggle for perfection. And I love that from that and from your personal story, we've gotten this incredible not only this incredible product line, but you know this YouTube channel that's so informative that has this amazing community, a podcast, you know the TED Talk. I want to get into all of it with you, but I would love to scale it back and start at the beginning. For those who are meeting you for the first time, I know this is a very personal struggle for you. Tell me about how you got to this point. Where did it all begin for you? Thanks, Julia. And thank you for picking on that quote. I love I love that too. It's one of my favorites <laughs> in the talk as well. So I've had acne since I was nine years old. And I've always struggled with my appearance and my skin. I grew up in Minnesota and I was the only probably Asian American in like a hundred mile radius. Um, And this was back then before social media and everything. So I started getting acne at a very young age. And then I was also, um, you know, Asian American. And I just felt like I looked so different from everybody. And, you know, I was constantly made fun of and teased for the way I looked in both areas. Um, And I say, you know, I kind of lost that decade of my life from, you know, pre preteen to late teenage early adulthood because i was hiding from everybody and everything because i felt like i was never good enough because first i thought like having acne just makes you ugly and dirty because that's what people would call you right and so i just hid myself and then secondly i never saw the way i looked represented anywhere so i felt like in order to be accepted you had to be perfect like look like a barbie doll um Yeah, I tried so many different products because I wanted to figure out how to get rid of my acne. And it seemed like the more products I put on, and this is back then when they had, you know, 10% benzoyl peroxide, you just layer that on your skin and it would completely dry out my face. I would take so many like antibiotics, all this stuff for my acne. Like I just took everything and it just, it kept getting worse and worse and worse. I just couldn't understand why. So I became depressed and one day I just, decided to turn on my webcam and I made my one of my first YouTube videos, which was called Growing Up Ugly. And I just was very vulnerable and real talking about my struggle. And that video went completely viral. And I was like, oh my God, everyone sees my face without layers of makeup. And so, so I was very embarrassed. There was such a good story and message behind it that people could really resonate with that video. And then I started just making more YouTube videos because people liked what I had to say. And this was in 2011 when, you know, YouTube was very, very organic. Like people were just making a video with their webcam, no production value. I was just making videos. I was reviewing different skincare products 
And I also uh, wanted to become a dermatologist. So I was studying pre-med at Duke University, taking all the, you know, chemistry classes and stuff. And then doing that, reviewing skincare products, YouTube. And I was looking at the ingredients through all the skincare. And I was realizing like, why are there a million (laughs) ingredients? Like, why can I not pronounce anything? What is all of this? And I realized a lot of it was actually not necessary in skincare. And this was before the clean beauty movement, you know, yada, yada, yada. And I was like, oh my God, like, what am, what have I been doing? What have I been putting on my skin? And so I actually started eliminating a lot of the skincare I was using. I would go to Whole Foods or health food stores or even make my own products. And my skin just like miraculously, just like the acne went away for the first time. And because I was trying to like make my skin perfect, it actually completely backfired, you know, like, which I think is very ironic because I am thinking like, if I just accepted my skin the way it was and didn't use something, I don't know. I don't know if I would have had this story. But um, that's how it started. And the people on my YouTube channel started noticing my skin and wanted to use whatever it is I was using. And that's how Banish started. Wow. Do you think there was an emotional piece? Because I can only imagine how frustrating it must be. You know, you mentioned it in your TED Talk, the amount of money, the amount of time, the amount of frustration to just like invest and then not have it get better. Do you think that once you were like, I'm going to let this go and I'm going to take a few things out and I'm going to streamline it. Do you think once you emotionally kind of had that reset that also contributed? Like what was your headspace like at the time? Yeah, my emotional volatility would depend on whether I had a good skin day or bad skin day, right? You wake up, is my skin good? Is it bad? Like, oh my God, nervous breakdown, you know, all that stuff. When I started my YouTube channel, I actually had a space to not focus on my skin. I actually had a space and like, oh, Daisy, like try to create content or like help with your audience. And that was the first time I took myself away from the way my skin looked. So I did kind of disconnect from it, but it wasn't intentionally. It was because I always say like, if you're in a bad space, try to help other people focus on things other than yourself, because it'll almost like distract you right from what you don't like about yourself or what negative thoughts you have in your head. And then before you know it, like you're helping other people and you're just in such better positive state. So I do think it did help, but I didn't you know, intentionally do it that way. Yeah. I think for me, that's like the height of the pinnacle of social media, especially YouTube when it was first coming out is you get these real people with real stories who are going through it. And I feel like at some point we got to this place of perfection instead. Like I open Instagram and I immediately just want to close it back down lately. And I've been recurating who I follow and what I look at because you can kind of get into this abyss of the struggle of perfection. Do you feel that social media was something that bolstered you? Do you feel like it's something that took away from you at times? Has it changed? I mean, I think social media is what you make of it. So Mm -hmm. social media has been a great advantage for me starting off on YouTube and also for my brand Banish because from the get-go, we've always said like, we're going to portray real people with real skin. So our account is all, <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of acne, acne scars, pores on our account. And that's fine because that's real skin. And, you know, that's not ugly skin. That is still beautiful skin, right? Yeah. I do think it, it depends on how you use social media. So we've always from the get-go said that, but you could also follow accounts where everything is, you know, <laughs> staged and fake mm-hmm. and So I think it really depends on how you use it. I also know that a lot of people are actually tired of Instagram and they're now going on TikTok or Reels because they're just tired of seeing, you know, the perfect 
beautifully crafted images and they want to see like people's real opinions, real thoughts. And on TikTok, the most authentic content performs the best. So I do think people are shifting more towards that. So I think it really depends on yeah how you use social media. Yeah, I love TikTok. It's such a saving grace. I'm like, look at all of these people who are these subject matter experts and they have this passion and the beauty community on TikTok is incredible. I learned so much every single day. I've been a professional makeup artist for about six years now, and I'm still every single day I'm learning. And TikTok is such an amazing resource. Let's talk about Banish. Talk to me about early stages. What was it like when you decided to start a brand to then actually launching it? What was that period like for you? Do you have any tips or hardships that you want to share with maybe someone who wants to start their own line? So I never intended to start a skincare business, which I think was actually a blessing in disguise because I didn't overthink it. So if I had this business plan, if I raised like $5 million, I would have wanted everything to be perfect. Like I struggle with perfectionism. I never intended to. I simply was using like, you know, our banish oil. Um, I was doing that and then people wanted to buy it. And so I just said, okay, I'll send you some. And then it just kept growing. And then I was like, oh, maybe I should actually, you know, put it on a website. Then maybe, oh no, I have to file, you know, taxes at the end of the year. You know, I had to just, it was just a gradual process. So going back to your question, the struggles, of course, there was a ton of struggle um, in the beginning, especially with, you know, starting the YouTube channel. Um, I was working a corporate job and, you know, I didn't really tell like my parents or any like family or friends, like what I was doing. Cause I just felt like they were going to say, Daisy, how could you do this? Because you're in the most competitive space. And, you know, most of the cosmetics are owned by three companies. I mean, I know they didn't say it like this, but there were people when I got feedback from them, they were like, how do you think you can actually do this? You know, I know they were trying to be nice, but I think that was really hard for me to hear. But I knew people are struggling with this. This is a mental health epidemic. There are so many people who have acne and, you know, it's all about like flawless, poreless skin. And there's people who are nine years old and they need to know that they're still beautiful, even if they have acne. Cause I just felt like nobody was talking to me when I was nine years old. Like nobody was helping me. Nobody, you know, was that best friend that I could have that could say like, everything would be okay in my struggle with my skin. So I, I wanted to be that you know, for the acne community. And I wanted to create great skincare products to help others who are going through the same thing. So I had this fire in me. And to be honest, the first year of launching it, like I was insane. (laughs) Like I was, I don't want to say like (laughs) a maniac, but I pretty much was like maniacally focused. I just remember like my eyes would constantly be dry because I was just on my computer so much that it was just like, I was constantly having like, um, eye drops and then it'd just be times I just forget to eat, you know, like I was insanely focused and, um, I don't know where I got that energy from because I want it back <laughs> now, but I think after eight years of doing this, like you can't have that kind of, you know, um, insanity, like you gotta, you know, uh, slow down a little bit, <laughs> but yeah, I call it an outer body experience. I mean, there were other struggles along the way. Um, you know, our inventory got completely destroyed. Uh, I signed my name on documents. I wasn't quite sure what I was signing into. <laughs> taking out. I mean, it was like, 
I, I don't know why I did all this. I, I really think like something took over me and like told me to do this. Leap of and faith I, after leap, leap of, of faith, faith after leap of faith. Yeah, leap of faith. But you know, what's really funny was like during this time, one of my YouTube videos went viral. It was, uh, you can still view it online today. It's like how to get rid of blackheads. It got 10 million views and that was, you know, $5,000 um, in AdSense revenue that I wasn't expecting. And it was so random. It was like me pushing out my blackheads and everyone was making fun of me. <laughs> And the video, but it went viral. And I was like, oh, wow, this is a sign. Like, you know, because that $5,000 to me back then was like huge. Yeah. Yeah. And that is also one of the most satisfying. Like now there are businesses or channels that have been built on just that alone, like extractions alone. So satisfying. Yeah, it was really <laughs> I mean, it was, it's hilarious if you watch it. Like I'm using a clothes steamer. <laughs> like, I was like, what am I doing? But yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's like, again, it's like, don't try to be perfect. Just like get yeah. the content out there, be authentic. Like that's what's most important. And then people love that. Right. So, I mean, there was a lot of struggles, but I, I consider it an outer body experience. And I was insanely focused during the first year. Did you have any moments of burnout? The first year, no, but mm -hmm. after I started getting employees, <laughs> yes, because <laughs> people and managing them are, it's a whole nother skill set mm -hmm. that I was not used to. I didn't know how to do it. I mean, I had no like experience. I just went all in in it. So that is when the burnout started because with people, there's, you know, drama and issues and you don't realize like all the things you need to do, right. In order to lead a company. Yeah. Um, but the first year I didn't. What are some things that you do if you are in a funk or if you do have burnout or if you do have a moment where you're just like, Nancy, like, what do you do to get out of that? Any tips or tricks? Yeah, I mean, even like the past year, now two years of COVID, it's been really hard for me because I am, I, I hate staying at home. Like I cannot be boxed. <laughs> like just at home doing the same thing every day. Um, so one thing is I, I realize I get burned out when I'm not operating in my sphere of like excellence or when I'm not operating that sphere of flow. So I don't think burnout is working is how many hours you work. Like I could work a hundred hours a week doing what I love and I would not be burned out. Like what I did the first year starting the company. Um, but if I'm doing stuff that I just can't stand, like, for example, taxes, operations, like all that, I'll get burned out 30 minutes after doing that. So I think it's yep. being able to recognize like where you excel in and like trying to focus on that. And then, of course, you still have to do the, you know, things you don't want to do, but trying to dagger those or, you know, do, do those like in a point where you're not going to feel completely burned out. And then what do I do? I try to work out. I've noticed when I work out first thing in the morning, like a really, really intense workout, it just lifts my mood for the day. I also try to either travel. I know it's hard now, but I either travel or like go out and about go places. I feel like that gives me new inspiration, new vibes, new feelings. So yes. um, I like to be out and about. I don't like to be like stuck in my head at home. Yeah. That's, I find that that's also been very helpful for me is like moving my body first thing in the morning, trying my best, getting some meditation in maybe, or going for a walk outside. And it really does kind of shift the perspective, especially as you were saying, being boxed in for so long. I have to ask, because your skin right now looks so healthy and glowy. What is your routine? Walk me through it. I mean, it's not perfect. I don't want to say that. And mm -hmm. I don't want to sell people this perception that you're going to get no pores on your face. Like 
everyone has pores. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's largely genetic, but it doesn't look like it's been through a lot. It, it just looks healthy and it glows, right? And I think that you want your skin to be. It's not about having it be, you know, a flawless canvas. It's going to have texture, especially if you're like me who suffered with cystic acne. But to your question about my routine, I really try to keep it as minimal as possible. Like that's my thing. Um, so I do, you know, microneedling with the banisher probably once a month now. And then I use the pumpkin enzyme mask a couple times a month. And then I just, you know, cleanse my skin with uh, our banished cleanser. I just, I try to keep it as minimal as possible. Yeah. And that's why Banish, we don't have too many products in our line because it just, I don't, for me, it's not necessary. Like the reason why I had acne was because I had like a hundred products <laughs> I was using all the time. Right. Um, for some people who have genetically gifted, perfect skin, like they can use whatever products and their skin will still look like that. But for me, it's like everything makes it break out. So I honestly have to be very careful. Like I can't just go into a Sephora or an Ulta and buy whatever skincare. I have to be careful about that because my skin will tend to break out. And then after you use the banisher, do you, are you going in with a serum of some kind or are you doing the enzyme mask right after? Uh, I put the banish oil on top. Mm Mm-hmm. Or I use the vitamin C cream, but you don't need to use anything. All of these are just like yummy, delicious. Yes. And if you go on our ingredient list, I mean, you know what most of the ingredients are. You mean, you can Google what they do. It's all positive, (laughs) you know, like, I mean, all like added value ingredients because before starting Banish, there's just a lot of ingredients that, you know, were there to make the product feel a certain way on your skin. Mm -hmm. But were they value added? I don't know, right? Or it would make it smell a certain way or look a certain way. Yeah, I know. I was looking at your product lineup and I'm like, these just look like the core products that you would need. And they're all just so yummy and healthy. And oh, so like they just seem like your skin would want to eat them up immediately. And they also kind of seem like you might want to eat them, like ingest them because they look like the photos look a little bit like souffle-y. Like I looked at one and I was like, is that like a little pumpkin pie vibe? Anyway, don't ingest them. Just put them on your face. <laughs> You'll be okay if you ingest them, but yeah. <laughs> so walk me through like your process of when you are formulating or when you were formulating, since you want, you're very specific about ingredient, ingredient quality, Um, amount of ingredients, formulation, what is that process like? And what have you learned along the way? Yeah, so I'm kind of out of this box kind of person, like I kind of just do what I want to do and not do what other people do. So Mm -hmm. like one example of this inspiration was in our fighter gel, there's an ingredient called dimethyl sulfan or MSM, which is a form of sulfur. And I got this inspiration because I went to the baths in Budapest, just like on vacation, I went to their bath. So in Budapest, their water has a lot of sulfur. So it mm-hmm. smells like rotten eggs, their water, but it's actually really good for you because sulfur is an anti-inflammatory, like naturally anti-inflammatory ingredient. And when I was at the bath, I noticed my skin never looked better. It was like all my eczema was gone. Like I, I have a lot of eczema, like even on my eye here, like I have a lot of eczema, it was all gone you know, acne. And I also noticed that people there like had really good skin. Like I didn't see much acne around. And then I was doing research and then I was like, oh my gosh, it's a sulfur in their water. How can we incorporate that in a product? Right. And that was kind of the inspiration for the fighter gel. So it just comes to me randomly. 
Um, but, you know, for example, a lot of our products are based in an organic aloe vera leaf juice, which is amazing because aloe vera, you know, antioxidant, it's also an antiseptic. It's really great with people with acne. Um, it moisturizes the skin, but it doesn't, you know, make your skin greasy, all that. So a lot of our products are based on that organic aloe vera leaf juice. Other skincare products are based in like a mineral oil or, you know, petrolatum or a silicone base, which I don't think there's that much added value versus, you know, something like that. So it's all about, yeah, just like thinking outside the box and um, thinking of like, oh, I want to incorporate these ingredients. How can we do that? And I think a lot of it is focusing on the ingredients and not on the look and the feel of the product. And that's really hard in skincare because it's all about like, you want that, you know, you want that hot pink serum or whatever, or whatever, you know, you want like a cool looking product but I really have to stay away from that temptation because uh, it's about the actual ingredients and how they work. So it's, you know, I will say our products might not be the most amazing to apply in terms of texture or whatever, because we don't have those ingredients that make it feel that way. But I will say that the ingredients are so good for you long-term and you'll see those results by consistent use. I might have to like switch up my routine because I, the only thing that I have found helpful for me is benzoyl peroxide. And it's so freaking annoying because the derm gives it to me. It bleaches all of my sheets. My nice expensive sheets are just totally bleached out. Like it's my towels, everything's just, and then my skin is, yes, it's clear, but then it's like so thirsty. And then it also just at the same time rejects anything I try to hydrate it with. I might have to make the switch. Totally get the benzoyl peroxide. I remember my, I'd have like highlights. My hair I was like, if this bleaches my hair, like what is it doing to my skin? Yeah. And like all my towels were bleached. But you know, I actually saw this, um, I was reading this article about how this guy like hasn't shampooed his hair in like three years. And he's saying that they invented shampoo because they want you to do something and wash your hair constantly and they want to strip away the natural oil. So you constantly shampoo mm-hmm. it so they can sell more shampoo. So you actually don't need to shampoo your hair all the time. Right. And it's, yeah. it's like a lot of products we use are just drying out the skin, but then adding more moisture back, then drying it out, you know, it's a yep. never ending cycle. So that's why I always think like less is more. And I'm trying the whole, like not washing your hair thing. I feel like when you transition to, from all of these chemical based things which aren't necessarily inherently evil. I feel like there's becoming this almost like us versus them mentality as clean enters the conversation. And it's like, no, no, like some things will work for you from the clean space. Some things will like find what works for you. And that's what I always try to tell people, like, don't believe the marketing, don't believe the hype. I know it's glossy and beautiful and everything, but try things out, see what fits. And one of the hardest jumps to make, I think, is from something that is full of, you know, the chem- the synthesized chemicals to something a little more natural. Like, when anyone wants to switch to a clean deodorant, there's a few months where you just smell horrible and sweat through everything. I went through it. And it's the same thing with like shampooing. If Even if you like change your schedule to be less frequent or you um, just start using something without sulfates, your hair is going to get greasier faster. It's just the adjustment period. And I feel like people are always like, oh no, it's not working. I can't use it. And it's like, okay, I promise you this will be good. Just push through. And then if you still don't see results in a few months, like 
I'm sorry that I led you down this path. No, I totally agree. It does take time. And, yeah. you know, with anything, it's all about being consistent. And I'm, I'm going through this with the no shampoo thing. Like, it's been, it's been <laughs> hard the past couple of days. I'm trying to only wash my hair twice a week. And there's always an adjustment period. Mm -hmm. I had a friend who had the most beautiful flowing, like if you think like 90s Jonathan Taylor Thomas, like flowy hair. And he was like, yeah, I just don't, I don't wash it. Like I looked disgusting for about three months and now I have the best hair of my life. And I'm like, it, it is beautiful. Dare I do something like that? I'm not there yet. I'm more like your Amazing. schedule. <laughs> yeah, I was, well, the impetus for this was because it got to the point where I almost had to wash my hair like twice within 24 hours because it was just so greasy all the time. And I was like, I can't do this. Like I can't not wash my hair all this time. My hair is really thick and long. So just constantly be wet. Every <laughs> and I was like, okay, I have to like put it back. So that's what I'm doing. But yes, it's going to take some time for it to. Yeah. Yeah. Is there a future where Banish expands to like scalp care or body care? Are there products coming, new products? Like give me all of the goodness that you can share. I haven't thought about that, but maybe I've always had scalp issues. Like I have psoriasis in my scalp and crazy dandruff. So yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. I, I have nothing I have for that yet. Horrible like dry scalp dandruff and there is not, I've been going through so many, you know, quote unquote clean. Cause again, that term is, you know, a little bit of a minefield these days, but I've been going through all of these different products to be like, okay, is this the one that's going to work? Is this the one that's going to work? And like, none of them so far have really helped with the pH of my scalp. And then I also, you know, you and I had mentioned, you know, we like to work out. I like to work out, but I'm also see like if I get through a sweaty workout and I don't have the opportunity to like rinse off immediately, I'm going to start to get acne on my shoulders or on my back. And so I like just want, I'm just going to banish cleanse from scalp to toe. Is that recommended? Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> Can I use it in my hair or no? I have to wait for the shampoo. I don't know. I'm sure. I'm sure you could. I'm sure you okay. could. Okay, I'm but, gonna. I'm gonna experiment and then. Yeah, let I don't you know. know. I haven't tried it. <laughs> you could. Yeah, I'll actually experiment next time I wash my hair. Use the cleanser. Yeah, and <laughs> see if it like helps with the. What if that's like you unlock the secret? There you go. This is the cure for everyone's hair and scalp troubles. Yeah, I know. Maybe because the, I don't know if you've tried the cleanser, but it's like mint, ginger, spearmint. I mean, it's really tingly, mm. tingly. And I love that. I love like when you get that little scalp massage tingle thing. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love all products that have that like almost aromatherapy. Like it just, I feel revived when I come out of the shower, even yes. if it's like a body wash. Like I just yes. feel like I'm born again. Yes. I, I actually sometimes would buy like men's, um, body wash. Cause it's just so like strong, like that evergreen, you know, pine set. Like I, I was like, I want to yep. smell like I came from like a, a winter forest. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't want to smell like a vanilla strawberry popsicle. No, thanks. What about like color cosmetics? Because I know there's this a lot more 
products are being released from many brands that are this hybrid of skincare and color cosmetic. Do you, has that been on your mind for Banish? It has not been on my mind for Banish because I want to focus on just skincare. Mm -hmm. I think for color cosmetics, like my, my theory is like, if you're going to do it, go all out. Otherwise don't, but that's just kind (laughs) of how I am. Like either do the makeup or like, don't do it. Yeah. Um, So I think there's really great color cosmetic brands, but for me, the whole like, yeah, like natural makeup thing wasn't really, I don't know, has never like been my vibe. I just either, most of the days I just don't go with makeup. And if I do, I like go all out. Oh, I love that. Okay. So desert Island three products can be banish exclusively can be makeup whatever in your life for your self-care and wellness that you need three products what are they i would do a sunscreen okay and i would do the banish cleanser and probably the vitamin c cream from banish is a moisturizer what is your sunscreen of choice so we're actually in the works testing out different formulations and i'm very happy with uh, one of them. So <laughs> I do like the mineral based sunscreens. Um, I've always been a fan of those. Yeah, I do too. I've been transitioning to mineral recently. And so, so you've been fighting the white cast. You've been going through various versions to fight the white cast. Has that been your process? I mean, you can't really get rid of it if you're going to use, you know, titanium dioxide and zinc oxide. Mm-hmm. You can't like completely remove it, but you can kind of lessen it. So I think we found a pretty good way to do that. Oh, I'm so excited. That's one of the questions I get asked the most is what mineral sunscreen is the best to leave minimal, like to look the most natural. Minimal. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's either like a lot of companies will tint it, you know, as a color, right. To kind of get rid of that white cast or there's going to be a white cast, but you can try to like, yeah, minimize it. So again, it's like, it doesn't have to be a hundred percent perfect, but it should be good enough where people can wear it and it does what it needs to do without (laughs) making it look like a ghost. So is there a time that we can anticipate this drop? Are you thinking like early next year or the holidays? Oh, still like testing and working through formulations. Okay. Stuff like that. So I've been testing and looking into it. Oh, that's so exciting. Okay. I do want to talk about your TED Talk because like I said, it was very, very powerful. And you have experience with, you know, public speaking, putting yourself out there on YouTube and being very vulnerable. What was the experience like doing your TED Talk? Like, how did you prepare? What were you feeling? It was so much harder than I thought it was going to be. Like, there's so much more in it. And I mean, of course, I'm a, I am a perfectionist, even though ironically, that was what my talk was about, but I wanted everything to be like on spot. So the process of writing, it was really hard because I just had so many different ideas and it was like, oh my gosh, this is my life. Like, how can I, you know, communicate it in 20 minutes? And it was a constant, like cutting out segments of it. So I had this Google doc and I think it was 200 pages just of me writing like different paragraphs and notes. And then I had to just keep taking it out, peeling it out. Um, I actually have a YouTube video of my process. And then once I got that done, I had to practice it. I practiced it over 200 times. The transitions of paragraph to paragraph are really hard. That was the hardest for me. So like, I would just randomly like start in the middle of a sentence and one line and be like, okay, what's next? 
and just keep practicing it from different parts so that so that way, like if I froze, I would know what it is. And so, yeah, I have so much more respect for, you know, actors and whatnot, because it's like, how can you memorize all these lines and do a casting? Like, like it took me forever. I was practicing nonstop. I was practicing in the shower and the car and the sauna, like everywhere, like everywhere, just reciting lines. And funny thing, the, the day before, the night before, I, I get migraines a lot. And, you know, Murphy's Law, I have a huge ass migraine the night before. It was not going away. I did not sleep the entire night, but good thing I knew it like my phone number because I could just recite, <laughs> recite it, you know, felt like my life had changed because I felt like, oh my God, this is my manifesto. You know, it was something I was struggling with. And now having shared that to the world, I was, my gosh, like I have to live it, you know, like this is me. And it made me, yeah, it made me feel like, okay, I can be who I am. Like everybody knows, not my secret, but like everyone knows my story and this is who I am and I'm all about being authentic and I can finally stop trying to be perfect all the time. Yeah. Do you have, cause you were, you're saying you're a perfectionist and that's like the struggle. And I, I kind of beat myself up about it. You know, I'll listen back to an episode of the podcast and I'm like, Oh, I said literally too many times or, Oh, what is that weird mouth noise? Like I'll get a little micro sometimes. If you find that you're I don't want to say spiraling, but maybe you are. I don't know. Is there a way that you kind of bring yourself out of it? Do you have a tool or a trick or something you say to kind of be like, okay, we're not going down this into the abyss? I love that because to be honest, I've been spiraling. <laughs> so I've been needing this more than ever. I think one thing is to get into that flow state. So like do something that gets you in that flow where you just feel like all time is you know, lost. So whatever that might be for you, whether it's meditation, working out, um, painting, dancing, singing, I don't know, just something where you can be in the zone. Cause when you're in the zone, you're not focusing on like, how do I look? How do, how do people perceive mm-hmm. me? Yada, yada, yada. Um, doing that. And then also just writing a list of like what you like about yourself or what you're grateful for. Like just stop, for, force yourself two minutes, just write as many things as you can think of. And then I also, I will like, listen to other people's videos or podcasts and just realize like everyone has their own style, you know, and who's, who, who am I to say that this person is doing a good or bad job doing their podcast or, you know, video or whatever, everyone has an own their own style. So instead of me trying to force myself to fit in to that style, it's like, Daisy, you have your own style. Like, I know I talk like a Valley girl. I've been told that. And I've tried to change it, but you know, that's just not who I am. I, I kind of talk like a valley girl. I kind of talk like a girly girl, but that's okay. That's who I am. You know, why do I have to sound like a 60 year old male to sound smart? You know, like, yes, everything you just said resonates. And also like that last part infuriates me a little bit because those people that sound like, like those men, those 60 year old men that we're supposed to what emulate the way they speak half the time they don't know what the hell they're talking about anyway oh, no. have you seen on tiktok <laughs> all of these videos where it's like living my life or like responding to emails with chad energy and it's like the original way that yes. oftentimes women write emails like hey exclamation point and it's just like nope we're gonna mm-mm. right That's- that's the vibe. No, it's yeah, definitely. I well, I tried to like change myself, you know, again, trying to change myself to fit into someone else's standard. But I'm like, you know what? It's fine. That's 
this is who I am. And sometimes I am very, I talk like this. And then other times on emails, I'll respond with one word, <laughs> you know? So it's like, it really depends. And sometimes I'm like, Daisy, you need to write more in your email. Otherwise people are going to think you're a bitch. Right. But it's like, you know, I can't make everyone happy. This is who I am. Um, and let's, let's stop trying to change me and just own my style of communicating or whatever. Yeah. It's a little bit infuriating. I hate it. I hate that it's 2021 and we're still being like, oh, he's assertive, yet she's a bitch. And it's like, no, they're founders or they're CEOs or they're leaders and they have a finite amount of time. So like, like for me, I'm in the process of launching a network and I'm like, I don't have the time to handhold in emails anymore. That's just a fact of life. And the way that you interpreted it, I think is a personal problem because- that's not necessarily how I meant it. And if you do interpret it a certain way, like you should come and talk to me. You should ask me, right? Like if you feel a certain way, you should ask me. I feel like as women, we do this where we try to anticipate how people will respond to us or how people will will gauge how we respond or how they'll define our the way we speak. And I'm like, I, I can't. I don't have the mental, emotional bandwidth anymore. <laughs> to try and like predict how everyone is feeling or going to respond to what I have to say. Like I only have the energy to say it. No, that's, that's so true. And something I've learned about communicating is what I've noticed is, I don't know if it's a guy thing or a cultural thing, but like guys, they just butt in to whatever they have to say, like in a group conversation. Whereas, well, before women, we would like wait for our turn or like wait for them to ask. Now I've just been like, okay, I got to if I want my point across, I got to butt it. Like no one's going to wait for me to say it, right? Yes. Oh, okay. So you've given me quite a few nuggets of amazingness. If you had one last piece of advice to drop and share, and it could be, you know, people who want to start a brand. It could be people struggling with perfection. It could be just general to the entire population of the globe, because we're on all the streaming platforms, whatever one piece of advice you think you hold dearest and you think people would best benefit from, just as a society, as we live, what would that one piece be? My one piece would be, and this applies for personal business, only you know what is best for you at that period of time. I think we're all trying to search for answers by reading books, or watching influencers or looking at influencers or social media. <laughs> Ultimately, that is their experience. That doesn't mean that that thing will apply to you in your situation. So that also goes for business. And I think, I think the hardest part about business is there's no answer. Yeah. Do I take a risk? Do I take out a loan for half a million dollars, put my house online to fund this new product launch? I don't know. No one can tell you, right? But you only know what is best for for you and your business. And so before it's like, oh, like asking a lot of people for advice on personal and business and blah, blah, blah. And nobody can really tell you, you have to listen and like learn from within. And it's really, really hard to like learn how to trust yourself. I mean, I'm still working on this every day, but the biggest thing you can do is learn how to trust yourself. I love that. What's your sign? Aquarius. Me too. When's your birthday? Oh, January 23rd. Oh, okay. I'm February 6th. 23 is a good number. That's that Michael Jordan number. Yeah, that's my favorite <laughs> number. I love it. Well, 
I don't know if you're into like astrology or like astro spirituality, but I have a very close friend who is an astrologer, is a tarot reader. And she said something that you echoed about like, we've all been feeling this pressure and you said you were spiraling. I've been spiraling. I think collectively we've all been kind of like, we've all reached a new breaking point that we didn't know was possible. And so my friend Chanel, I was talking to her recently and she's like, it's going to get a little worse going into the holidays, but around Christmas Eve, collectively, we're all going to know what serves us and what doesn't. And we're going to cut the cord to what doesn't serve us anymore. So I don't know if that's helpful for you or anyone listening, but like I would say, let's start gearing up for 2022 is actually going to be our year. <laughs> We've been saying Amazing. it for two I'm years. But <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm Amazing. excited. I've been, um, I've been reading, what is it? The Pattern app. Have you heard of it? Yes, I love it. Yeah, it's scary how accurate it is. It like, and it, it gives you like you have to slide through it's like easily digestible little one or two liners and mm -hmm. you slide through it and every slide that I go through every day I'm like oh this resonates oh this resonates even more how do you know right? me <laughs> it's it's like tricky but hopeful right well Daisy thank you so much for being here on the makeup artist chronicle I have loved talking to you let the people know where can they shop banish where can they find you where can they follow you yeah, my website is banish.com and our Instagram is um, instagram.com slash banish acne scars. That's also our TikTok handle. And then we have before and after progress results on um, at banish. And then my personal Instagram and YouTube is dazers89. I love that. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. And I cannot wait, cannot wait to see the sunscreen. Good luck on continuing that. Thank you. Thank you. Are we totally obsessed with Daisy? I know I am. That was such a great conversation. Just to break the fourth wall a little bit, The what I tell my guests whenever they come on the show is, I want the vibe to be, you and I are just having a very organic conversation. If a segue happens, a segue happens. If a tangent happens, a tangent happens. Ultimately, I want you as the listener to feel like you're maybe sitting next to us at a coffee shop or maybe sitting next to us at a restaurant and you're just kind of eavesdropping on what's going on. So I hope you like the vibe of the show. I hope that I am able to deliver on that for you week after week. Either way, I'm so very, very grateful that you're here, that you're listening. And please don't forget to vote in the poll on moving this pod to Tuesdays. I want to hear your voice. Call me on the hotline, 877-THE-MUAC. Let me know who you want to hear from, what you want to hear about, or any questions you might have. I will talk to you next week. Have the most beautiful weekend. I love you. Bye. Give me that microphone.